Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Love in Basketball podcast. I'm your host, Adam Gearlock. As always, thank you so much for being here, and I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. The Love in Basketball podcast explores servant leadership on and off the court, seeking a fuller picture and deeper understandings of this vision for leadership that holds people and results together. Today's episode is a conversation with Charlie Turner Thorne, head women's basketball coach at Arizona State University. Coach Turner Thorne is the winningest coach in ASU women's basketball history and number two in the Pac-12 in most career wins. As head coach of the Sun Devils, the program has made it to the postseason all but one year since 2001, including a school record six consecutive NCAA tournament appearances and three Sweet 16 finishes. ASU's 14 NCAA tournament appearances under Coach Turner Thorne are 11 more than what ASU had in the 15 years prior to her arrival in Tempe. And the 2020-21 season is the 24th at ASU for Turner Thorne, who has 512 career wins and has also earned a pair of gold medals coaching with USA Basketball. I found this to be a conversation filled with strength and care. Coach Turner Thorne explores the traps of a results orientation, how this may block servant leadership, and some of what she calls a lost perspective that led her to take a sabbatical in the middle of her tenure at ASU and discover greater purpose in her work and life. She also highlights the differences between accountability and shame, blame, and judgment and the power of a joyful spirit and self-compassion. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Coach Turner Thorne, thank you so much for being here. And I'm so excited for our conversation here today. You're open about serving your student athletes and helping them to have a better overall experience that extends beyond just the basketball court, modeling servant leadership for your family and basketball program, and even aspects of servant leadership like emotional intelligence. And when I asked one of our previous guests who they believe embodies servant leadership, this person's response was, Everything about Coach Turner Thorne is being a servant leader. So, so let's dive right into it. What does it mean to be a servant leader for you? Well, um, okay. Can I tell you the little quick story I always tell when I speak about it? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks, Adam. Okay. So a holy man goes to the Lord and asks if he could experience heaven and hell. He wanted to know more about heaven and hell. So the Lord um, guides him down a hallway. And he points him to a door and the holy man opens the door and there's a huge table. And um, in the middle of the table is a huge pot of stew that just smells delicious. Around the table is people with spoons tied to their arms that were sickly, famished, just looked absolutely miserable. The spoons could reach the stew, but then they couldn't reach their mouths. Mm. And um, the, the Lord said, this is hell. And took the holy man down the corridor a little further, pointed at the door. The holy man goes in. Same table, same pot of stew, same spoons tied to their hands. But this time the people are laughing and they're jovial and they're plump and nourished. And the holy man looks at the Lord and said, I don't get it. And the Lord said, simple. It requires just one skill. You see, they, they serve each other while the greedy think only of themselves. And so um, 
obviously like a little servant leadership tale that, that I love because, you know, to me, servant leadership is when you wake up thinking about someone besides yourself, mm. you know, and, and I'm not perfect, but I do, I try like, you know, every morning I get up and I kind of go through my team, you know, and, and, you know, just thinking obviously um, outside yourself. Um, and I love the book of joy, Adam. Have you read the book of joy? I have not read the book of joy. It's a week long conversation um, between the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu, arguably two of our, our top moral leaders still living today that both have been persecuted <laughs> in other countries and are, well, Archbishop hasn't run out of his country, but you know, just been through a lot. And um, it's basically hilarious and incredibly deep about like how we just have a joyful spirit no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that's certainly something that, you know, if we're going to be great servant leaders, I think it kind of starts with that. Yeah. Yeah. What does that joyful spirit look like for you? How, how might you identify that jo- that joyful spirit in yourself and in others? Well, I think it's, um, you know, obviously stuff happens, you know, and it's about how you respond to it behaving well. Um, you know, I think, first of all, I do think to be a strong leader, Adam, you have to lead yourself. Hmm. You know, you have, you have to take care of yourself. You have to make sure, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, like you have to make sure you're in a good place if your job is to make sure everybody else is in a good place and, and actually get them to, you know, accomplish things and, and get results. So super important, you know, that we kind of take care of ourselves and, you know, a joyful spirit, like it looks pretty simple. It just means like, it's not about you, you know, (laughs) I mean, honestly, and, and then you kind of go from there. I love that. As you highlight that, that perhaps that it's not about you and that servant leadership um, is, you know, waking up thinking of someone besides yourself, what what might be the obstacles, the, the struggles, the challenges maybe to, um, to servant leadership or thinking about others uh, for you? Well, you were a college coach, Adam. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, you know, just being totally transparent, we all kind of fall sometimes into how to win this game. You know, you know, like, you know, getting results oriented, you know, kind of narrowing our perspective on, um, you know, just who we are and what we want to be and, 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 you know, really putting people first. And we, we kind of get a little bit, um, I think narrow-minded, you know, in our perspective and our focus and okay, we, you know, we got to win this game and then you're focused on your X nose and your game plan and your strategy, which you have to do, you know, we both know that, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, that's part of it, but none of that matters unless your players are in a good place. And so I think it kind of starts and ends with that, you know, in coaching, you got to win to have a job, hmm. you know, and, and that's, you know, if that's your, if that's your only priority, if that's your top priority, then I, I think, you're going to struggle as a servant leader. Hmm. Hmm. And that's, that's my experience and that's my opinion. And I think ironically, when we really anchor in on being a great servant leader and putting people first and keeping things in perspective, we win more, (laughs) you know, we get our players um, in a better space to, to go out and just do the things that they're capable of doing, you know, versus them feeling you know, the pressure of, of, you know, needing to get results that, you know, a lot of times obviously coaches feel. Yeah. Uh, in what ways does that results orientation uh, prevent servant leadership from moving forward? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I think, you know, if you're, if you just care about winning, 
you know, and you're just worried about executing the game plan and you're not putting people first, you're not going to be a very good servant leader. So, um, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure, have you read um, Mindset by Carol Dweck? Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's a, an oldie, but a goodie, you know, and it just talks about, you know, obviously a growth mindset, you know, this is a fun challenge. Okay. You know, let's beat the number one team in the country. All right. You know, versus, you know, okay. You know, if we, you know, we, we got to win this team and then, you know, we can, we can clinch a bid to the NCAA tournament. We can, you know, like it's a completely different feel and anybody that's been involved in motivation and inspiration and trying to get a group of people to be all they can be knows that that fixed mindset is, is, um, I mean, you can, you, you can win some games with it, but it, it's not, it's not really a winning strategy, mm-hmm. you know? And so keeping people in that, in that realm of, of just a, you know, Hey, this is a fun challenge. Let me, you know, do the best I can. We, we teach, um, at ASU, you know, I always ask the question, do you want to be the best, do your best or give your best shot hmm. or, you know, give it your best shot. And I try not to say too much about it and I let them vote. And, uh, what would you be? What would yours be, Adam? Would you do you want to be the best, do your best, or give it your best shot? I would probably say uh, do my best. Uh, it would do my best or give it my best shot. One of those two. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because you can't control being the best, right? Correct. You can. Yeah. And you know, even doing your best, your best looks different every day depending on the, your health and things like that. So I think to not disappoint yourself, you know, and set yourself up to, you know, maybe not do and be everything you want to on that day. I mean, all we talk about is all you can really do is give your best shot for that day, Hmm. whatever that looks like, you know, it's, and, and that just feels good to our players where they're not getting caught up in expectations and, and maybe, you know, they can better have self-compassion for themselves. You know, I mean, you get to this point in the season, who's a hundred percent, right? You know, (laughs) everybody's got nicks and bangs and bruises and, and uh, so I don't know. I I think a great servant leader, good servant leader, you know, really just teaches their players, um, their people, um, the right mindset, you know, the right approach um, to really enjoying the process and caring about the people around them. Um, And when we, when we do those things um, in team sports, now, if you're a swimmer, (laughs) you know, you're a golfer, I mean, you know, there's individual sports and there's team sports and, you and I both know Adam in team sports. I mean, these things are all the difference, you know, the, you know, the intangibles, you know, the, the, you know, the soul of your team, you know, and, and, and a lot of that, I feel in our program, you know, it starts with, you know, kind of our, our servant leadership. And have you heard about horizontal leadership? If you could go further on that, um, please do. What? I think it ties in, Adam, you know, I think because as a servant, it's never about you. It's just you, you know, being vulnerable, giving up your power, you know, what do people need? How can I serve? And, you know, it goes hand in hand with, you know, kind of next woman up, next man up. Like, you know, I'm, I can't play today. Hmm. You know, I can still lead, but then, you know, we need leadership on the court. And um, so within a basketball team, taking turns and sharing that load, but also, I mean, in our program, I, I want every woman to leave being a strong, caring leader, right? Like, mm. I don't care how much you play. I don't care. You know, I just want to help hopefully nurture and foster more strong, caring female leaders in our society. 
Um, so there's that uh, overarching, you know, goal of ours. But, you know, from a competitive greatness standpoint, um, horizontal leadership, I mean, all, all the research, I, I think, in this day and age, I mean, it doesn't point to, you know, one great leader. Yep. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's all about collaboration, right? And, and utilizing people's strengths and being in tune with each other and, and sort of, um, you know, leading to your strengths. I mean, you do need your visionaries, and I don't think, you know, everybody has that, you know, and I think some people are better at task, taskmasters and some people are more kind of up, you know, really able to see the big picture and, and uh, you know, influence in, in, in stronger ways, you know, than other people. So, you know, everybody's not equal. You know, I have much more leadership opportunity than my um, leadership opportunity and leadership responsibilities in my assistance, but we all lead. Same thing within the team. We have players that have more responsibility. We have a leadership team, but everybody gets leadership challenges. You know, everybody's going to get opportunities to lead and grow. And I have found since I've done this, it's really helped our, our team. Um, and I came up with this. Um, I know we were talking before and we said we might bring up the sabbatical. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know when it was, Adam. You probably eight or nine years ago uh, <laughs> when I did it. Um, I took eight months um, and I stepped away um, from our program. Um, because I, I just wasn't practicing what I preached. I wasn't, um, you know, really being, you know, I was just kind of all consumed and not hmm. doing a good job with my own rest and recovery and, and perspective. I mean, I think I was still saying the right things to everybody around me, but I wasn't living it. And I was kind of on fumes because I had all three of my kids during the season and two stints with USA basketball. And I just, I wasn't good at rest and recovery. So I, was a pretty bad wife and mom, I thought, Mm. (laughs) and, you know, just needed to step away. And so what I did is I utilized that time just to get better, you know, in areas. And so here was my frustration, Adam. Okay. Players would come to ASU and we would do leadership teams and we would read books. And I think, you know, when they graduated, they could probably write a dissertation on leadership, but they weren't necessarily good leaders. (laughs) So I kind of came to the realization through, um, you know, some friends of mine and talking through stuff and, and just, you know, researching it, that, you know, leadership has nothing to do with knowing leadership. It has to do with doing, yeah. you know, and so that's where we came back with, um, okay, forget the books, you know, who wants to be in the leadership team? Okay, you're going to get down and dirty, right? This is an ugly, hard, awful job. Everybody thinks, you know, I want the title, but we, we're not about titles here. We're about who wants to do the heavy lifting. Hmm. And, and so, you know, but everybody's going to do some lifting, but who wants to really do the heavy lifting? And, and then it's about, you know, just really doing work. And um, so when we give someone a leadership challenge, it's like, okay, Adam, you know, uh, you know, this teammate's really, really struggling. Um, you know, I'd just love for you to connect with, I'll say him <laughs> on your team. Uh, hurry, yeah. connect, con- connect with them, you know, today, you know, Hey, go, go get a Starbucks, go, you know, go get a acai bowl, just, you know, do something with them and, you know, just talk to them and see if they'll, you know, give, you know, give you their ear. I mean, our, our one of our best tools that we use is just how can I help? Right. Like just mm. that's the ultimate servant leader tool. Like I don't always know the right words, you know, how can I help you Adam? Yeah. Right. How can I help? And then we just, 
serve people. And then I would come back to you the next day. Hey, Adam, how, how did that go? And you might be like, well, Charlie, oh, I didn't have time to do it. Or you would be like, you know, she really opened up and, you know, it sounds like that this is a thing that's kind of really, you know, holding her back. And, you know, it doesn't really matter, you know, because, I mean, it, hopefully you connected with her, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if you didn't, it's just an opportunity to grow you as a leader. As coaches, if we know a player struggling, we're on it. But we also, you know, I always say a coach-led team can only go so far, right? And you, and you know that as a former coach and so you know really growing that internal leadership but um i mean we had one returning starter and she ends up not playing this year so we had a lot of failed leadership challenges you know and they kind of you know kind of stumbled and bumbled through it a little bit but that was awesome and you know they needed to grow and and figure out oh wow yeah this is yeah i can't just <laughs> you know, text somebody or, or whatever, or, you know, like I should have planned this better. Or I should have given more time. I should have got more buy-in, you know, they're just learned a lot. And, uh, and that's really fun for us at ASU. Like we're, we really feel like that's part of our mission, yeah. you know, beyond winning games and having fun. Hmm. So I'm hearing uh, so many uh, just beautiful uh, reflections during your response just now, and perhaps you've expanded your own definition of what success looks like for you uh, in your role as a head coach beyond just winning games to these leadership challenges and growth and actually developing uh, leaders during, your, uh, during a student athlete's time at ASU and probably beyond as well. Um, but you touched on, on the sabbatical as, as well, and I'm, I'm curious what what shifted for you uh, leading up to, during, and maybe after the sabbatical? What new insights or new awarenesses came to the forefront for you during that time? Well, wow. Okay. I mean, I'll try to center on a few because okay. it, um, I mean, initially I'll be honest. I mean, it was just like the weight of the world was off my shoulders when I made mm. the decision and I just, you know, took a little bit of time to decompress and, I had never been home in my home when my kids had come home from school. I had never been home for Thanksgiving. I mean, so there was just some bucket list stuff. I know I'll get to the, the meat of the question, but just to share with people, I mean, it was awesome for me, you know, just to, you know, get to do some things that I never got to do um, and kind of get, you know, out of the weeds, you know, just kind of step back and, and reflect. So a lot of reflection time, um, and, um, you know, just a lot of learning. I, I absolutely had a great meeting with uh, Dr. Crow, our president of ASU, um, right around when I made this decision, which he obviously supported or I couldn't have done it. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he, he actually recommended me go into this ashram, which I did mm -hmm. go to. <laughs> it's like, I wasn't really a hiker, but it was kind of this, um, just, physical, mental, emotional cleansing, you know, and it's just like 13 people in a house and it's a very rigorous schedule and, you know, you're don't really get enough food and <laughs> you're kind of pushed to the limits and it's like, but it was, it was really a great time to reflect to. And I think, you know, the thing, the biggest thing that I really took away is I am a teacher at heart. Like, this is what I want to do. Like I'm a learner, I'm a teacher. Like that's what I wanted to do the whole time when you know, I didn't get to go to the office or I didn't, you know, have a team to, to coach and run. It was just, I think we can get caught up in the rat race, right, mm -hmm. Adam? And it's just like, you know, I, you just do it. You know, you just do it because you can do it and you have an opportunity to do it. 
but you know, a lot of people midlife or whenever kind of realize I don't like this or, you know, I want to do something different or, and I mean, I, no matter what, whether I'm coaching at ASU or whatever I'm doing, I know that I'll always be like helping people. I mean, and, and I think, and, and also trying to learn all the time. I mean, that's just um, what fills me up. So that was a big part of it. The leadership, I think, um, was a huge part of it. Um, you know, and I think this is a good thing for young coaches. Um, as I reflected, work smarter. Because I always prided myself as, you know, first one in, last one out, hardest worker, last one out of the gym and recruiting. You know, last, like, I'm going to outwork you. I'm going to outwork you. I'm going to outwork you. And um, especially as you get older mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, more and more things. Um, but, you know, I think I did take away like just all the conversations with coaches who just kind of want to usurp your time and, you know, take, you know, this and that. And not that I don't enjoy talking to coaches and I have great relationships with some coaches, but I just feel like in our profession and Adam, I'd love to know your perspective on this. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know your perspective. on this. I do feel like, you know, you, you could spend every day, all day on recruiting. You know, and you could just, you know, relationship, 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 you know, in general, we, you know, we're I'm managing at least a hundred relationships, you know, at, at one time all the time. And, and those can just really suck everything out of you, you know, and, and, and take your entire day. And so I really stepped back and reflected on like, you know, am I putting my time and energy, you know, if I could spend more time, you know, with my, my players, you know, if I could be a little more strategic on what, how I do that. Um, because again, this kind of work, you know, work, work mode, work mode, work mode, you know, was it, it, it wasn't always the smartest. And so I, I feel like I kind of regrouped on that. And I feel like that's a good message for young coaches just to understand that, you know, um, you know, you, you won't last, you know, I needed the sabbatical. I mean, I wasn't lasting. I was, I was burnt. You know, and a lot of people said I wasn't coming back and, and I always said I was, but there was probably a little bit there that like I had to be able to kind of regroup, you know, and kind of regain the perspective that I'm, you know, demand of everybody around me, Hey, keep things in perspective and stuff. And then, you know, I go home and I can't sleep. Right. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. I just, I stress over everything and, you know, and stuff. And I, I did start some yoga during that time. I did some things for myself that, that helped me. But so tell, so now if you can, can chime in on that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, uh, you know, I think what, what the question from you or what I heard from you is, you know, is, is recruiting maybe too much of a focus, um, in college basketball and for young coaches or for assistants, uh, in general, was I understanding that, that question correctly from you coach? Well, I mean, recruiting is your lifeline, Adam. Mm-hmm. So I mean like the, how you spend your time recruiting. Hmm. You know, because obviously you want to get on the phone with the kids and the parents and, and that's what it should be about. But you have these club coaches and all these other, you know, different or, you know, organizers and people that, you know, want to have relationships with you, you know, cause they're, you know, you're, you're usually paying the money for stuff if it's an event thing or, or, you know, it's, it's maybe they want to get into coaching or, you know, they just, they want to make sure that you're the person that they think you are because they want to rep, you know, if you're, if their kid's going to come to you. And so I'm not saying that that's not important, but I do think you can, um, I, I think I was giving people a lot of time that was just giving them time that wasn't serving our program. 
yeah. You, you do have to be strategic and prioritize. I, I think big picture wise. So that, well, that's what I was asking. You know, I mean, obviously that's a whole nother podcast. The ability to prioritize your day yeah. and the things that you need to do is one of the most important skills that we have. And the people that know how to do it are really successful. And the people that don't, I think struggle, but yeah. So just like, did you ever feel like as a college coach, it's like, man, I'm giving all this time to these people and for what? You know, or I don't know. That's what I meant to ask. Yeah, absolutely. There were there were certainly times where, um, like you said, there there are uh, all these kind of coachisms or things that young coaches are taught or told uh, coming up in the profession, especially in regards to recruiting, that you think you need to follow. And then uh, I'm not sure how many times it's actually stepped back and evaluated that you know is you know how are how am I spending my time recruiting me, and is this or how am I spending my time recruiting, and is this serving myself and our program and our players, uh, as well as I would hope, or as well as I would like, you know, is this relationship or is this time spent serving myself and, and serving others? And if it's not, then what, what do I, what do I do about this? And we kind of just go along to, to go along. Um, and as you mentioned, then it might uh, wind up in a place in which, um, time and energy, uh, isn't, is spent away from players is spent away from staff. Exactly. Yeah. What, you know, when you returned to your program, how did you honor this, you know, this new awareness or perhaps this, this clarity that I'm a learner, I'm a teacher, I'll always be helping people. Am I putting my time and energy where it needs to be to serve myself and others? How did you honor that awareness as you came back uh, to, to your program? Yeah, I, 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 I feel like I never totally lost that. You know, I just, I was just completely running myself into the ground, trying to do, you know, all things for all people and, and, you know, Hmm. which is not probably possible. So, I mean, I think the biggest thing that I honored coming back was just a refreshed perspective, you know, of, you know, how much, how I always want to put the players first Hmm. and, how I want them to put each other first. You know, we've, we've all, we, we, we had built that culture for many years at ASU. Um, during my sabbatical, I kind of refined it and made it kind of a little, um, you know, sometimes every year we, we, we would say, you know, we say PMA, positive We have certain things, but I kind of, kind of really, really um, redefined in a very simple, fun way, like our value system. You know, and the biggest thing that I talk about, Adam, probably almost in every pregame talk, you know, whether it's a joke or a story or what it is, is just that we always center on who we are. You know, just, you know, not what we do. If we, you know, if you're true to who you are, what you do will take care of itself. And so, you know, in terms of all of us leading ourselves, in terms of being the people that we want to be, in terms of leading people to be the people that they want to be. I think a big part of that is helping them, you know, center in their values, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. cause you know, it's like, it's easy to <laughs> fall into those bad or bad values or, you know, just as young adults, you know, not even really be kind of locked into what those are. And so we, as part of our program, you center in on our program values for sure. And we get the buy-in even just through the recruiting process. And I think that that's huge in terms of, um, us being strong leaders, you know, it's, it's, you know, if you're, 
it's, you know, hurting, hurting cat, right? Like if everybody's kind of has their own value system and, you know, wants what they want and stuff like that. I mean, you know, that's a really important part of servant leadership is, you know, defining, defining the values, you know, of your community, of your team and, and making sure that, you know, everybody's bought in and, you know, we, I'm a big Brene Brown fan. Awesome. Um, yeah. And, you know, we always talk about, you know, having a no shame, no blame, no judging culture, you know, and just really knowing how to have self-compassion for ourselves, have compassion for other people, you know, and all of that um, ties into, you know, I think our coaches, you know, centering on that and being good servant leaders. Right. And then also our players um, emulating that and, and growing into servant leaders. I feel uh, as if a lot of coaches might push back on that no shame, no judgment, uh, and that you know perhaps maybe getting results that that we need to shame or blame or judge in order to get results. What is that compassion for yourself and for others? What does that look like in your program? In what ways does it support your program's growth um, as well? Well, so there's kind of two things there. So let's center on the shame, blame, judging, because that's not saying, we're not saying we're not holding people accountable. Yeah, awesome. I mean, the whole thing is you need accountability, not shaming, blaming, judging. Awesome. Right? So me saying, come on, Adam, I know you can do this. You, you Come on, get that rebound. We got to box out better. You know, that's me holding you accountable. You know, me saying, Adam, you're sucking. Like, you know, like you, you, you suck at this. You need to get better. Like, that's me judging you. Hmm. And it feels completely different, Yeah, you know, and, and really getting people to understand, you know, or, you know, if you're going to shame them, well, gosh, if you, you know, blah, 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 and this and that versus, you know, being holding them accountable in a positive way. Hmm. So you can push back all you want, but you're, you know, you, that's, that's something that, you know, I mean, the experience that your players are going to have, and even you as coaches are going to have is going to be, so much different, you know, when you understand positivity and accountability in a, in a more inspirational way versus shame, blame, and judging, awesome. you know, and there's, yeah. And I think it's people understanding judging versus coaching, hmm. you know, Hey, you know, Hey, I, I need you, I need you to get back on defense, Adam. I need you, I need you to work hard. You know, that's not me judging you. That's me helping you do the things that we need you to do to win. Uh, and you've highlighted a couple of times in our conversation the the importance of compassion for yourself and compassion yes. for others. In what ways do you, does that uh, show up? What does that look like uh, in your program? For the women that I've coached over the years, they tend to be, and this might just even be a high achiever thing and not a gender thing, but like high achievers, you know, tend to fall into that kind of perfectionist mode. And, you know, we're human beings, Adam, right? I mean, God made us imperfect. We are imperfect you know, and there's no such thing as perfection. And so, you know, we talk a lot about this, you know, because we want our players to believe in themselves and we want them to have the strong sense of self, which is really hard if they hold themselves up to a standard that's impossible, hmm. right? So, you know, having self-compassion is just simply, you know, giving yourself grace to, to not be perfect, you know, and to understand that, you know, hey, you know, you're just always figuring things out. I love, you know, some of the interviews that Kobe Bryant did after he retired. Yeah. He was, um, I grew up a Laker fan in LA and then, you know, left LA and I don't know, I was more the Magic Johnson, uh, (laughs) Kareem Abdul-Jabbar eras. But so sometimes I rooted for teams against Kobe and you hated him because he was just so good, right? Mm -hmm. He just was his, I mean, he was so tough. And I loved one of his interviews 
you know, where he, he was asked about failure, you know, do you, you know, do you, do you like winning or you fear failure or, you know, I forget how she said it, you know, it was, it was about fear of failure. He goes, I, I, you know, he goes, I don't even, you know, what is that? You know, what is failure? I don't even know. Like, I don't even think that way. He basically said, everything is just figuring things out. Hmm. And again, you know, someone, you know, such a great nugget for all of us. It's like, you know, if you could get all your kids to go like, okay, you missed five shots. All right, we'll figure it out. You know, instead of beating themselves up and like, oh, I stink. Oh my gosh. You know, this is, the world is ending. Um, you know, you lose a game. Oh my gosh, we're terrible. You know, no, like, let's just figure it out. You know, we didn't, we didn't defend the way we can defend or, you know, we didn't execute the way we can execute. So I just really feel like that's a great, um, the Mamba mentality. I guess that's part of his Baba mentality, right? It's just, yeah. Hey, there's no such thing as failure. We just figure things out. And that's, you know, we, that's, those are the things that we talk about when we talk about, you know, self-compassion and, and just really, you know, giving ourselves grace when we, we don't perform at the level that we want to perform at. Awesome. Awesome. So coach, this is the, the love and basketball podcast. And uh, so I'm curious in what ways love manifests itself uh, in your leadership. So first of all, we have an acronym that's love and it's uh, love the opportunity value each other. And we really try to center in that. Um, in terms of, you know, just getting our players again to enjoy, enjoy, you know, enjoy, enjoy be in the process, enjoy the experience. You know, this mm. is, this is, this is just a game. Like let's, you know, let's kind of keep it pure. And, and, uh, and so, you know, we have that is up in our gym. It's on shirts. It's, you know, on our notebooks. So we just say, you know, love the opportunity, value each other. And then, um, you know, we talk about what real love is and it actually is about some of the things that we talked about. You know, there's, I love all of my players, you know, I don't necessarily like love. Love is something that we give to people. You know, it's not earned. Like trust is earned. Right. So, you know, as coaches, as teammates, you know, we talk through about, you know, you've got to earn respect. You've got to earn trust. You know, you've got to build your relationship and stuff, but you know, a teammate relationship is super important. And that, that, willingness to, you know, just somewhat, again, I mean, that willingness just to love each other, you know, um, I want to say unconditionally, um, you know, and, and I, I think to some degree when you bring people together on a team, you know, there is a sense of, you know, that, that you're my teammate. You know, I, I don't have to be best besties with you, but when it comes to being an elite teammate, when it comes to being you know, elite team and a great teammate, you know, that's what separates all the best teams. Hmm. They don't play for the scoreboard. They play for each other. They have a love, uh, you know, for each other. They have a, you know, commitment to each other that hmm. supersedes, you know, their own agenda and, and even, you know, winning, you know, in terms of taking care of each other. So, um, I, uh, I could talk about this a lot, you know, and I, and I do think it's the, one of the secret ingredients, you know, it shouldn't really be a secret, <laughs> right? but you know, of, of every great team, you know, and for coaches that, that really understand, you know, what makes a great team, 
because if, I mean, I'm sure there's teams out there that have had great success, Adam, that maybe didn't like each other, you know, but they loved each other. Hmm. And there's a difference. There's a difference between, you know, that willingness to, um, you know, just have each other's back and do things that, you know, in other words, I always tell our players, like, you're going to sell out on yourself. Like, you know, when push comes to shove, you'll, you'll, you'll sell out on yourself. But, you know, our goal is that you would never sell out on your teammates. Talent, you know, talent, everybody has talent. You know, everybody has talent. You know, you step on the court, you know, everything's equal. Talent is meaningless. And it's going to be, you know, the heart and soul of your team. Hmm. And that comes from that foundation of love. Awesome. How might someone start their journey of becoming a, a servant leader? What, what might be one action step uh, towards becoming a servant leader? I mean, I, I, I just, it's, I don't think it's, <laughs> is that a trick question? I mean, just wake up thinking about people besides yourself, you know, hmm. do, do for others, you know, just, it doesn't have to be everybody in your family, everybody on your team, but, you know, I would set small goals that, you know, like for our players, okay, you know, have one player a day that you wake up, you know, think about who you might want to check in with today, you know, and, you know, you can, for, for, I think for players and younger people, you know, that's a good approach for us adults that, you know, are managing more people. Um, we probably need to think a little bit bigger, but, um, I really, I, it's, it's, um, it's, it's kind of who you are, you know, I mean, you know, but I do think, I think, for coaches, a lot of who we are is sometimes who our team needs us to be. Mm. So I just, I just recommend, you know, really centering yourself every day to not make it about you. Like if I'm worried about winning or losing, I'm making it about me. Mm. That's period. Right. And I do that sometimes and I have to catch myself and just say, Charlie, just coach the best game you can for your team. Help these young women have fun, help, help them, be the best they can be. And then you can feel good about yourself. You can look yourself in the mirror. Like I just think, you know, so much of it starts with perspective and then, you know, get a plan, get a daily plan of, okay, what's my daily plan. Am I going to wake up every morning and go down my team checklist? Am I going to wake up every, every day? And I may make sure I have one person in my program or on my team that I kind of have a, a super connection with, you know, I give a little extra time to, you know, I think things like that would be maybe a, a start. Awesome. Beautiful. Thank you. And to close here, uh, Coach Turner Thorne, as we wrap up our conversation, if you had to use one word, one phrase to describe servant leadership, what, what word or phrase might that be? Well, words, I'd say humility and courage. Phrase, don't make it about you. Awesome. Perfect. Humility and courage and don't make it about you. Um, Coach Turner Thorne, thank you so much um, for your generosity of spirit here and sharing uh, so much about what it means for you to be a servant leader and your uh, path to servant leadership and how you continue to move this forward um, in uh, your own way of being out in the world. Um, I thank you so much and I'm so grateful for our conversation and time together here today. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Adam. Wonderful to meet you. Appreciate all you're doing to help all of us grow as leaders. Thank you so much for being here. And I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. You'll find resources from this episode to continue your learnings 
on servant leadership in the show notes. Next week's episode features a conversation with Carlin Hartman, assistant men's basketball coach at the University of Oklahoma. Coach Hartman was recognized as a top three assistant coach in the Big 12 by his peers, and the Sooners have reached the NCAA tournament the last two seasons. Prior to Oklahoma, Coach Hartman most recently served as the associate head coach at both Rice University and Columbia University. Subscribe now, share with others, and I'd love to hear from you. Rate and comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or reach out with questions, reflections, and feedback via social media. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Gearlock or Instagram at Adam.Gearlock or email me at Adam at AdamGCoaching.com. I'm so excited to continue to explore servant leadership and share love in basketball with you. Thank you. Thank you.